0: All right, everybody, welcome back. Yes, it's me, Johnny Rowe, again, guest hosting on a, sadly, losing Monday. The Kansas City Chiefs lose 24-9 to at the Denver Broncos Mile High Stadium in what I would just call a total shit show. Um, Quite literally, Patrick Mahomes had the stomach flu. And it was, from the start, a mess. And we're going to, of course, break that down for you on this Monday. I'm joined by Blaine Wheeler and mysteriously, folks, by Chandler Collins from the car. He's got his headphones in on his phone, I believe, in the car. And uh, he's going to join us just for a little bit here. Some crazy stuff going on in the sports scene uh, in the OVC. And uh, why don't we bring Chandler on first to kind of give us the rundown of what's going on. And uh, we'll get to Blaine and get to the rest. Chandler, what's up?
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you guys uh, helping me out here. I Got a little uh, Ohio Valley Conference volleyball action tonight on a Monday. The Redhawks will be hosting the Little Rock Trojans, um, and unfortunately, it comes on a on a losing Monday, as you alluded to. But uh, happy to be here on uh, on our, on our show. And um, man, what a just a what a bad 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 performance. But before I get to that, I, I really do think that a positive light. Is this defense, because regardless of the score and the situation yesterday, this Chiefs team had a chance to somehow win this game for three and a half, nearly four quarters. And it's because of the defense. And frankly, outside of a couple of really awesome plays by Broncos receivers where you have to just, you know, tip your cap. I, I this defense is good without Nick Bolton too. I mean, there were some spots here and there where they pissed me off, but I mean, when they, your when your offense and special teams gives the other team four opportunities, I don't know what you can expect from a defense like that.
0: Yeah, I think that's really well said, and we'll get into that more too. And before we get to Blaine Chandler, this just to live you know to lighten the mood a little bit. You said it's Semo versus Little Rock in Monday night volleyball. I'm gonna go ahead and give that the stinky tag uh, for tonight because that sounds like the you know there's there's like uh the World Series is tonight, right? There's Monday night football. It's like, you know, very rarely do we get like five major sports. There's MLS playoffs, there's hockey, basketball, all this stuff. Um, but I would say lower on the list is gonna be OVC volleyball. With all due respect, Chan.
1: Yeah, no, it's um it's actually a stinky tag in the Ohio Valley Conference itself. It's uh SEMO is tied for first place in the league table, Little Rock dead last. Um, Last time these two teams played in Little Rock, Arkansas, the natural state, it was a match that lasted one hour and 20 minutes and the Redhawks swept them 3-0. So uh, history tends to repeat itself, especially in mid-major sports. So hopefully we're open for another Redhawks win tonight.
0: I hope for that too. Blaine Wheeler joins us as well. Blaine took in the majority of the game yesterday, I think on the radio. um, And I actually am super jealous, Blaine. How are we doing?
2: Good. Yeah, no, I watched the first half on a on Jess's grandma on my wife's couch. So that was just like amazing. You know, first few drives. Obviously, the game was pretty slow at that point. So a lot of the game left. But I listened to Mitch Holtis. McCall drops it. He dropped it. He dropped the punt. Immediately just turned my radio down, all the way down for about 15 minutes. And I turned it back on before I got to my destination just to kind to check in, check the score. And I I was over. After that, I just kind of plugged out. So second half late on this podcast, Johnny, I'm going to have to let you take the reins because I got pissed off hearing Mitch talk about McCole Hardman and completely turned it off. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't. But, I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg to this loss With something like that happening. It seemed like all day nothing was going right. Pat had his worst game I can remember in a long time. And then when you add that with just pieces that needed to produce, it didn't, they couldn't defense at all they could sack and rust six times but just pitiful just pitiful man
0: yeah a good place to start there too and for the listeners we'll give you a quick show rundown just just because it is different with me hosting Chandler will give us his thoughts on the game um, overall and Blaine will get some of his too Chandler will let us know uh, when he has to scoot he'll get out of here and then Blaine and I will close out the show with any remainder of the game that we have left and then really honestly, I want to spend some time talking about the wide receiver room because the chiefs have two losses this year and you can really attribute both of those losses to, to the wide receiver room. And I I, I think uh, you'd be hard pressed saying that any of the six wins that they do have are because of that wide receiver room. Uh, Blaine talked about the McColl Hardman fumble. We knew it was going to happen. As soon as they brought the chiefs back, we mentioned multiple times he's begging to fumble. It's only a matter of time before it happens. And Chandler, let's let's let you talk first about this. Just the, the Chiefs had five turnovers in this game. And at the point before the McColl fumble, it was middle of the third quarter. Chiefs just got a big stop, forced the Broncos to punt. Uh, and then McColl is fair catching the ball at the five yard line, uh, which, of course, is ridiculous. Right. I mean, we, from our couch, we can say that. Uh, and he fumbles. And so Chandler just offensively, I, I, you know, that's special teams, but just offensively special teams. They did not do what they could to help the defense, and turning the ball over five times is the opposite of a winning recipe.
1: Yeah, no, I mean it doesn't need to be really uh, examined. I feel like football is a really simple game. You give the ball over to your opponent; it's just not a recipe for success. And to to the McCole Hardman point, I understand. I love special teams. Special teams plays a huge part in football games, but when you have an offense as dynamic as the Chiefs typically are, you can't allow special teams to hurt you. And so what I don't understand, I don't know if it's being coached. I don't know if it's the player kind of going rogue and knowing McColl and kind of his history. I would tend to lean a little more towards that Um, because I have been around several special teams coordinators. If your heels are at at the 10-yard line as a punt returner and the ball's going over your head, you let it go. If a punter is going to pin you from the 10 towards the end zone, you chalk that up as an awesome punt, great job, but you do not, under any circumstances, even attempt to touch the football in that scenario, especially the way the game had been going. Um, You give bad teams multiple opportunities without giving yourself the same chances, and it's not going to be successful. Uh, the offense for me, guys, uh, and I know I'm getting a little long-winded here, but, man, I am fired up today. I love this podcast so much. I'm glad we're doing it. The offense to me, okay, Johnny alluded to Patrick Mahomes being sick, um, and I do think that played a little bit into it, but I'm not going to give any sort of excuse on that. Patrick Mahomes played terrible. But is this coaching staff putting him in the best scenario? I swear to you guys, the Chiefs run the football, and if it doesn't work, they are just going to abandon it. They don't care one bit or another. If, it, if, if they get two yards, it uh, supposedly doesn't work, and they can't do it again. It happened on the goal line once again. Shitty fucking play calling. I am so sick and tired, and I hate being right about things like this. But all summer, I alluded to, hey, enough with the cute shit. If it's third and two, run the ball forward for three yards. Well, what did we do yesterday in the red zone? We got really cute and tried to do a cute little Patrick Mahomes underhand flip to Rasheed Rice, and it was stuffed. And we had to settle for yet another field goal inside the 20-yard line against Denver. I just think that this coaching staff did not put this team in the best position to win yesterday in terms of play calling. I mean, we talked about it in the week, guys. Denver, one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. And yet, how many attempts? Not enough attempts. And certainly not enough back-to-back attempts. I mean, I feel like every single second down was a pass yesterday. How many times did we run the ball on second and third down? I don't think it was very many at, at all. And it's just frustrating again, guys.
0: It seems like a philosophical issue almost. You know, the, the Broncos, you're right, Chandler, they give up 154 yards a game on the ground. Um, and both times the Chiefs have played Denver, Denver has held them less uh, to less than their per-game average. Right. And so the Chiefs yesterday finished with 62 yards on the ground, 40 from Pacheco, 20 from Mahomes. Right. So 60 of the 62 from those two guys. Um, And and that's just not good enough. But when you are going into a game when your quarterback is not feeling well, when you have one of the best interior offensive lines in the league and two tackles that you obviously believe in uh, and a running back who's been playing good football in poor conditions and in the cold against the worst rushing defense. How is the philosophy not to just pound the hell out of the rock? They ran the ball in the first play of the game, but it was, you know what? If you're practicing all week and you know you're going to run the first play, why is it such a slow developing bad run? You know, just assert your dominance from the start. And I want to get to Blaine too on this uh, as well. Blaine, it just seemed like from the start yesterday, the Chiefs came out sluggish. They ran the ball three times in their first five offensive plays. To, with to
2: Pacheco, and he had five carries the rest of the game. Five. And the, one of the best plays of that first half was Pacheco up the, to the left side through the middle of the bat, bulldozes a linebacker for 19 yards, his longest run of the day, and they abandoned it. And the other downs on that um, on that first drive were two dump off to Pacheco. Then, obviously, you get a deep pass to Justin Watson to keep that second drive going, and then Travis makes a good play too late in the red zone uh, to then put us in a position to put – Rasheed Rice, like you're saying, Chandler, instead of another shot for Pacheco. But Pacheco was hot early, and they just kind of fizzled the iron out on him. I feel like he almost got cold because they weren't using him enough. And it... It it was just super frustrating. I don't have much to say about it. I I mean, it was what we saw. Stagnant offense, unable to throw the football down the field. And whenever you did have nothing down the field, it was a dump off to Pacheco or something simple, and it just didn't work. Spied Patrick Mahomes, so Patrick Mahomes' legs didn't work. And we saw that happen a lot over the last two football games on third and longs of Patrick converting those. And Denver wasn't going to allow it, and we weren't able to do anything outside of that.
1: I would honestly really like to – and this is a kind of a call-out to the coaching staff, but I also think that we hold our offensive line with such high standards, and and Patrick Mahomes as well, obviously. But, like, this offensive line did not play very well yesterday. I thought they were out physical by Denver's D-line. Even with Pacheco's big run, you know, he has to make a move. He has to make um, a guy miss for that 19-yarder, as Blaine was alluding to. But, frankly – I mean, Mahomes got beat up yesterday, guys. This Broncos D-line flat out wanted it more. I thought both sides of the ball on the offensive-defensive line for Denver wanted it a lot more. I thought that Denver's O-line was really fired up yesterday. Um, That whole team was really fired up yesterday. You kept seeing, uh, I think it's Minerts or Minerts or whatever his name is. Yeah. Man, that guy was fired up yesterday, and you could tell. Um, I, I I just think that maybe this game was one of those where you don't have your offensive defensive line play well, and the other team wants it more, and and that's what's going to happen. And I think that's what happened.
0: So my thoughts kind of on all of that too. And I texted you guys this yesterday, and I had a lot going on yesterday too. Is my son's second birthday? Uh, we had a bunch of family over to the house. Um, you know, it, it, spirits were high there, and obviously the game was terrible. I wanted to scream at the TV a lot, but obviously couldn't do that given given the situation. But I thought that I would be much more upset after losing to the Broncos just in general than I actually am. I am actually just incredibly frustrated um, with the wide receiver room. I thought the offensive line actually at times did give Pat a good amount of time, but there were a half dozen times today when he had all day to throw and nothing's there. And, you know patrick could have played better yesterday i feel like i you know i would fall on the sword for patrick a, a lot of the time like like most of us would i put that on the wide receivers guys the wide receivers are 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 bad and i'm somebody who kind of convinced himself not kind of. I'm somebody who convinced himself that it's all going to be okay, right? The Chiefs obviously had this approach to the wide receiver position, right? We're going to accumulate a bunch of resources, a bunch of guys, instead of paying an aging receiver a lot of money. We're going to try to go with these guys, pair them with Patrick Mahomes, get him with them in the offseason, really coach them up, and uh, see what rises to the top. Okay, we're eight weeks into this, into the season, going on week nine. That didn't work, okay? That did not work. It's an absolute mess. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is terrible. Sky Moore is terrible. You know, I think Sky Moore, I had a buddy text me this, if he were put on waivers, he might clear waivers. He might clear waivers. Like, maybe some crap team might pick him up, but there is a good chance that he would clear waivers. And it is just Horrendous at the position. There is no trust between Patrick and some of these guys, and and you can see why, right? He looks for Travis on every play. And Denver did what we've been saying teams should do. It's why we think Brandon Staley needs to be fired for the Chargers, right? We are going to take Travis Kelsey away and we are going to force somebody else to beat us, right? And it and the Chiefs couldn't do it. Defenses do not fear the wide receivers on the Chiefs. And it's 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 really sad, guys. And and Rasheed Rice, clearly, you know, the Chiefs, actually, in my opinion, if you consider all things right now, reliability, right? Trust. Um, is he going to catch the ball? Their best receiver, wide receiver, is Justin Watson. That and, and before the year we were talking and you guys were like, this is a problem. This is a major problem that Justin Watson is like this much of the offense and it couldn't be more true. It's a huge problem. Obviously, I think Rasheed Rice is the most dynamic has the highest upside. Uh, that's clear. But he's having drop issues right now. He played his highest snap count of the season so far. It was actually the highest of all the wide receivers that played yesterday. Rashid played the most, so that's exciting. But putting so much stock uh, in a team with serious Super Bowl aspirations, putting all this stock uh, as your second-best pass-catching option into a rookie receiver is another major issue at this position. And, and we'll And we'll break that down more. Um, but those are really my thoughts on the offense and where I'm placing a lot of a lot of the blame. And I think I saw Blaine's hand that he had something else too.
2: I just, can somebody run a slant? Can somebody do it? Like, MVS, stop running 20 yards down the field directly at the safety. Sit. Do something different. It's not working. And I don't know if it's coaching or what it is. I mean, I, I feel like a broken record because everybody in Kansas City's talking about this. But, like, you have to be able to get six yards from Patrick Mahomes' arm and it not be Travis Kelsey. Like it's intermediate tiered for Kelsey to be there in that middle of the field, but somebody else, like let's not keep him as the only outlet there and run everybody off as decoys. Is that what you're doing or what's going on? I I don't know. I would have to really watch a ton of film to see the true X's and O's of the passing game, because that's obviously where you need to look at too, along with these receivers, not playing well is, I mean, MVS runs 20 yards a play. Wind sprints. It's just, what, what are we doing here? So something's got to – something, I don't know, Chandler.
1: Yeah, I'm going to make my final point here, and then I'm going to hop off the uh, Figure It Out podcast. This has been awesome, guys, and I'm, uh, it's unfortunate that it's a losing Monday. But, okay, the wide receiving room. Um, I think it's very interesting, and I absolutely love what Blaine said about slants. It's an obvious where – I don't know if it's a philosophy thing or what, but, like, there's no quick game. I, if I'm looking at these guys on the football field right now, I'm like, hey, we can run some screens with these guys. Hey, we can run quick little short game, get the defense sucked up, then go down the field. But yesterday in games where this receiving core doesn't look good is when it looks like it's all downfield. It's yeah. all huge bombs down the field. And if this wide receiving core isn't ready for it, why are we doing it? That's a coaching issue, and that's not just the receiver's coach. That's not just the offensive line coach. That's Andy Reid, too. He thinks that they're ready to to run this incredible route tree and this incredible route concepts, and they're not. Yesterday, for example, Rasheed Rice ran simply about a one-yard pass the line of scrimmage route into the flat, caught it, and ran for the next 48 yards. If your receivers aren't going to be good at going down the field and catching the football – Fucking make them block. Make them block on the perimeter. Get the ball. I I hate Nicole. He stinks, but he is good at, at quick screens. They, it worked yesterday. You got the ball in his hands quick. He got to the outside. and It was like an 8, 9, 10-yard gain. First down, move the chains. You've got to do something other than let's see if Mahomes can drop a deep ball. And by the way, I love Patrick Mahomes to death. Easily the best quarterback in the league. Easily the best player in the league. I would not put his deep ball in the elite category right now. It's not that good. I know that Sky Moore had that drop, and it was a perfect pass. But how many times have we seen Patrick Mahomes overthrow his guys down the field, guys? I, I really think that it's it needs to be addressed. But it comes with not having trust, like Johnny alluded to. It comes with not varying up the play calls for your receivers. And ultimately, really, again – it comes down to not being able to and not wanting to run the football, which makes no sense to me. But, hey, you two enjoy the rest of the show. Listeners, love you guys. Awesome, awesome job, both of you. I really appreciate you guys carrying the boats on this one. Chiefs in Germany. Uh, my quick thoughts before we get back on Wednesday's show, we're going to murder the Dolphins. I'll talk to you guys later. See ya. Love it. See you,
0: He's always the best. Blaine, and he, he said a lot of that right. I think, and I would say this if you he were here too, my one, I guess, pushback on Mahomes on the deep ball is like when he's most successful on the deep ball, it's like every time he throws it to Justin Watson, except for that one drop, you know, when he got hurt recently, he yeah. connects down the field. So that, le- that leads me to believe like, who are the people that he throws to down the field that he doesn't connect with? MVS, uh, Nicole, a- and, uh and Sky Moore. They're all bad, so yeah. it's like that. That that's why it leads me to believe that the the the, the wide receivers are getting all of the blame that I have today I- instead of Patrick.
2: Yeah, it's I see it as a two way street. To, uh, like to kind of mediate the both of you is Patrick missed throws straight up has missed throws. You know, Chargers game wide open, he missed what maybe one or two, but not even close. But he usually doesn't throughout the his career. But this year, like the numbers are speaking for themselves. The play I'm seeing out of Patrick is not to the level that I have imagined it would be. Is it a new offensive line and him being uncomfortable? We talked about that earlier in the season. He is moving around a little bit more than I'm like kind of used to seeing him do. There's just something, something right with with him, with them, with everything in the whole passing game. And Travis Kelsey's the only guy to do it. I mean, he's an outlet. He had a nice 19-yard play. And then that early in the red zone to to put it to that third and two, as I mentioned a couple of times, but. I mean, he just can't save the day the whole time. And I I don't know, Johnny, I don't know which way it is, but you make good points on both sides and both sides have valid, valid reasonings. Valid.
0: There's a few bullet points I'll get to after we wrap up this game about just overall thoughts I have on the pass catchers for the chiefs. And so I'll, I'll fire a couple questions at you to get your take there. Okay. Let's finish up with the defense uh, for the chiefs. Again, I thought they played really well. First game. They've given up more than 21 points. Um, there were three Denver score touchdown drives. The furthest or worst, I guess, starting field position was midfield of those three drives. So yep. put in really bad positions. Of course, the McColl fumble gave Denver the ball at the nine-yard line after the fumble. And so again, uh, bad there. Russ, 12 of 19, 114 yards, three touchdown passes. Are you kidding me? Uh Russ was not Russ was not good. Denver really wasn't good. The Chiefs were just heinously bad yesterday appalling stunningly bad uh yesterday and that's the way they were against the lions too so maybe it shouldn't be so stunning Uh, when the chiefs lose it's just in horrific fashion some good things about the defense though pushed back on you yesterday about drew tranquil there were a couple times early they might have gotten him but overall played an amazing game 99 percent of the snaps led the team in tackles with 11 um they did credit him uh with a sack he had a tfl Number two tackler was Leo Chanel. I loved seeing that from him. So, right, 21 combined tackles and two sacks, three tackles for loss between those two guys. And then one more person, George Karloftis, two and a half sacks, his best game as a chief. Uh, your thoughts just on the defensive effort yesterday?
2: Yeah, George's game was phenomenal, especially that strip sack just kept going after Russ. That was a, a freak play, and he he's going to be amazing. Now, the only thing that, you know, I'm not going after Drew Tranquil when I say that, Man, he's a liability. I don't mean it that literally. I just – he's not a Nick Bolton, and teams are going to continue to run the football with the packages we are putting out there, a linebacker, if our passing game can't get going because they feel like they can consistently get three yards of carry if, you know, Chris Jones can't plug it up or a mini-who or however it does, and they can get one-on-one with one of these linebackers, not named Nick Bolton, you have a better chance, right? (laughs) Because Nick Bolton's one of the best in the NFL, but that, that's kind of a point I wanted to make. They ran the ball 40 times, Johnny. And with our lack of efficiency offensively, the obvious game plan from Denver was to play as much keep away as you can. Um, they went with McLaughlin a few times who popped a few there. That, that was big for them. And Javante Williams being back and healthy and through was, was very big for Denver. And there was an answer from the Chiefs there. I mean, 27 for 85, that's fine three yards of carry, but just at points, just not quite good enough. Um, especially with the field position, like you're talking about, you can't, you can't allow three touchdown drives on your own side of the field. Uh, what would what, what that combine to 90 yards, three touchdowns, right? So
0: just terrible. And, you know, I, I, I would hope this isn't true, but you're probably getting a little bit of frustration from some of these guys on the defense. I know in the past, like, you know, the defense has been bad and the offense has carried them, but you know, the defense is balling out and the offense just can't keep having the, these struggles. And that's why I put so much of this onus. Like what, let's break it down. What is like, watch the games. What is the recurring issue? It's the freaking wide receivers. They're bad. Like the talent level in there is just flat out. Not good enough. You know, like I, like, what are we doing here? And, and, you know, later, like I keep saying, we'll we'll get into more of this, but just like, look at the, the, the bodies. Yeah. You know, this is a a league where size, speed and athleticism really matters in the wide receiver room. If you remove Rasheed Rice, like he, you know, he's, he's a rookie, like there's just tiny guys out there. And I don't think I wanted to put some blame on Nagy and, and I, and I might have to do that at some point. I have a little bit already in, in, in previous podcasts, but overall to me, like a lot of the stuff kind of, you know, it looks the same. Does it look that different from the Eric B stuff? Like, no, it's still Andy Reid stuff. Yeah. And it's just, you know, so much uh, horizontal action, like sideline to sideline, close to the line of scrimmage stuff. When the chiefs just don't have that speed anymore. Yeah. The, the, or the, they don't, they're, they're not feared by defenses with their pre-snap motion. Right. Or balance. That's how you were able to do that. I mean,
2: When you run the ball 27 times on Denver side with Javante Williams, you are able to get Jerry Judy 40 yards down the field for then another play for him in the back of the end zone because you're playing a guessing game. I mean, there's no guessing game with the Chiefs offense. I would be so pressed to hear what Denver's tendencies were. So before a football game, coaches put together on second down, this is what your tendency is to do. Third down, which side of the field, pass, run, play action, you name it the chiefs tendencies have to be so strong, Johnny, because on third and six, you know what they're doing. They're not running the football right. on second and six are not running the football. I mean, it's just, it, it, that's, what's frustrating is I just, I don't know who is is—is coming up with some of these game plans and the offensive passing game coordinators. There's, I mean, there's 10, 15 guys in that, the back office that put some of this mm-hmm. together for Andy and Matt, but um I just wouldn't love to be in there to see it is what I'm trying to say.
0: Well, the, the common theme is that we are very frustrated with the offense. We continue to be pleased with the chiefs defense. I'd say outside of some, uh, some, some handsy play from Legereus Sneed yesterday, getting caught uh, on a few calls, you know, that's just the way that Legarius plays and he's a damn good player. And he got caught a few times yesterday He's gotten caught a few times this year, um, but I'm not, Going to be too hard on Legarius. There, I thought that Trent McDuffie played well again. Um, he's a really good player, and 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 the Chiefs continue to, from an evaluation standpoint, be incredibly effective and incredibly efficient on the in the trenches and on the defensive side of the football at right. evaluating those positions, um, where they are uh, shockingly bad and poor at evaluating is the wide receiver position and so the defense if there is a a, a, a silver lining continues to play well Harrison Butker nails yesterday yeah. I mean a 56 yard kick in the cold like that it, really awesome uh by by him there and they're going to need the defense to continue as they head to Germany but I think they leave on Thursday uh f- for that game as they play the Dolphins this weekend. Uh, closing thoughts for you on the game against Denver before we get to the wide receiver discussion.
2: Yeah. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton simply made the plays. I mean, they made a play when you needed to make them a play. Jerry Judy looked great there for one drive, but that's all they got out of him. And he got it for you. Yeah. And you know, on the flip side, if you're looking, at Judy Sutton, uh, the chiefs didn't have that playmaker, it wasn't Travis because they doubled him. And that was the difference of the football game. That sky more drop was PI? yes, but you still got to make that play. Somebody's going to make that play. Third and two in the red zone. They're just red zone inefficiency outside of the uh, for the Chiefs. Excuse me, was just horrific. Somebody needed to make a play outside of Travis, and no one was there to do it. And that was just ultimately frustrating because it's not coming from the wide receiver room.
0: Perfect segue to let's let's dive into the wide receiver room. And you know, Andy Reid, Blaine alluded to the Sky Moore drop, which was you know it would have. I think it was twenty-one to nine at the time, right? So that would have made it a 21-16 game. Depending on, I don't think they would have gone for two there because it wouldn't have mattered. So um it would have made the game a one-score game. It was on fourth down. Um, you know, as the as the Sky Moore guy, I am now at a position, and I was in this position before uh with Clyde Edwards Alaire. Both guys I have I feel I feel like I've been the last guy on the hill. I've been the last guy defending these people trying to make myself believe that something was going to happen with them um that it was just going to take some time they needed more reps um obviously that's not the case with Clyde he's probably the worst player on the he's the worst player on the 53 man roster yep. um and Sky Moore is very close to him if not 52 um if not worse and Sky Moore is not only is Sky Moore bad he shrinks um in terms of he he shrinks in the moments he 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 avoids the big time moment and it spirals and gets worse i was at the lions game week 1 and he had like two three drops in that game in big time moments and you know in those big time moments it's not perfect okay Patrick Mahomes' pass to him against Denver was perfect. And maybe the defender, I didn't see it originally, but maybe the defender grabbed him. Andy Reid kind of used that as an excuse today. He always falls on the sword for these guys. But in these big moments, it's not perfect. But big time players just make big time plays, like given the circumstances. And in all big moments, you know, set aside a wide open busted coverage touchdown in the Super Bowl, Sky Moore has shrunk in the big moment. And as the guy who has been the last one on the Sky Moore Hill, I am now gone. I'm done with this fucking guy, Blaine. He is incredibly frustrating. And it goes into a deeper discussion about what the Chiefs are doing evaluation-wise and philosophically at the wide receiver position. And I'll get into it more, but I just need to hear it from you because you have been off of the Sky Moore train from the beginning. This guy is terrible.
2: Yeah, no, I I I said it from the start, Johnny. I mean, it's just because I didn't see the burst or the just something. He kind of looked like he has heavier feet out there than he should for his size. And he can't get open because of it, because he's just he's getting stuck. He's getting stuck up. And you, MVS has a completely different quickness that is he can't run the routes that that we're looking out of sky either because his feet are heavy, even though he can run a hundred mile an hour. So it's just the sticky guy that can get open and seems to get open is Rasheed Rice. And that's why he is open in situations like that, because that separation factor, this I don't know if it's part brain, part feet, part quickness, part phone booth quickness, or what it is, but I mean Rashid's the guy, Johnny. Oh yeah, and he's going to have to be. Um, they're late in the second half. He caught one of the balls um, near a first down. That was just like, thank God, somebody. Uh, Travis had a few catches there late too, but and then Justin Watson, obviously. But I mean, outside of that, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I thought Richie James was going to be the guy because in his highlight tape in New York, he does have that quick, quick burst, and then it comes out today. We're shipping him out of town. I mean, give somebody else a chance, at least maybe his knees hurt that bad, but why stay with it whenever you can try something new? You have to try something new here. But in my rant, getting long-winded, they're not going to, Johnny. Like, I fully believe the Chiefs are not going to try anything different. They have 24 hours to do so, and all signs point to nothing. So,
0: And earlier in the show, I mentioned that what the Chiefs' approach is, right? Let's have a bunch of people here. We're going to see what, you know, the cream rises to the top. We're going to see what comes of this. We're going to see who establishes themselves as the receivers here. And then we're, we're going to go from there instead of bringing in somebody who's proven dynamic, but, but older and expensive. Um, I bought into that plan. It didn't work. You have, in, and that's why, in my opinion, they have to make a move. And I'm with you. We've talked about it. They're not going to, they're not like I, I will be floored if they go make one of these big moves for some of these names that, that we'll talk about and that we've talked about before. But this goes into why I'm I'm very concerned about just their evaluation in the staff of the wide receiver position. If you were to go just like pick five guys, Blaine, you know, Blaine and I live close to each other. If you were to go on Barry Road here and just go to like a, a bar and pick five guys who sit there every night and watch TV and you would be like, OK, look at these two players right here. Should they draft George Pickens or Sky Moore? They're picking yeah. George Pickens every time. Why are the Chiefs picking Sky Moore? Yeah. Why are they galaxy-braining all of these decisions? I want to yeah. go through a few of these, and we've done this before, but I want to do this now. Just what the Chiefs have done at the wide receiver position, some of these big ones, right? The big one was taking McCole Hardman over DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, and uh, Deontay Johnson a few years ago. Ugh. We've given the Chiefs the benefit of the doubt because they were in a bad position with the news that came out about Tyreek Hill. They didn't have a first-round pick uh, that year. That news came out on night night one of the draft. and So they had like 24 hours to kind of pivot. What are we going to do? we got to find somebody that's going to replace Tyreek Hill. Okay, what my problem is there is just look at DK Metcalf. Just look at him. The Chiefs in the in the second round had two chances to draft him. They traded up in that draft to take McColl. And then they took Juan Thornhill a couple of picks. I mean, maybe the pick before DK Metcalf uh, in that draft. That's that's terrible, right? Okay. And let's go to some let's that's just terrible. Let's go to some other things that they've done. And people are gonna be like, oh, every team can do that. You know, all the other teams could have drafted. Okay, it's happened multiple times, right? They take Clyde Edwards A'Laire in the first round. People are like, Yeah, they should have taken uh uh, um, they should have taken J- Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins. And while that is also true, like the next two players taken in that draft were T. Higgins and Michael Pittman. And I'll t- I'll tie this together with, m- with more of these players, right? The Sky Moore draft. The Chiefs were at 50, pick 50 in that draft. New England was at 54. They traded up to 50 with the Chiefs, right? To take Tyquan Thornton, this receiver that's never done anything in the league, right? Okay, so that's pick 50, wide receiver. 51 was not a receiver. 52 was Pittsburgh. That's George Pickens. 53 was Indy. That's Alec Pierce. And 54 was Kansas City. That's Sky Moore. Now, maybe the Chiefs traded back from 50 to 54 thinking that they would get Sky Moore. He's a Pittsburgh kid. Pittsburgh was at 52, right? If their plan was to take Sky Moore all along, and we won't ever know this, but if it was to take Sky Moore all along, huge, huge flaw in the evaluation. Just look at George Pickens. Just look, just turn on the tape. How how can you and I see that? And the Chiefs can't. Well, you guys got to take other things into consideration. George Pickens has off-the-field issues. You had Tyreek Hill on your team. Andy Reid had Deshaun Jackson in the locker room. Justin Ross is on the commissioner's exempt list. You can't give me anything about, like, this moral compass if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. There's been a lot of shit that's going on in the organization. You brought Josh Gordon in, and you were totally fine with that. Let me get a breath, Blaine. You go ahead. The, the, I just, the interview
2: room is so huge across the entire organization. Like, maybe there's a position to where you should drop that. And of all the football I've played, which is only to the high school level, and then to seeing and covering at the college level, the craziest motherfuckers are the wide receivers, and yeah. always will be. <laughs> so maybe you need to change that idea up <laughs> about that. George Pickens was wearing a, what a ski mask on his. DK took his shirt off. Yeah, DK, yeah. <sighs> and now they're great receivers in the NFL. Maybe change a little bit. Now, I will say they did get Rashi right, Johnny, but
0: maybe that needs to change the interviewer. It took too much. I mean, not too much. It's it's. If some other fan base, if most other fan bases were listening to us, they would hate us because we kind of sound like the trust fund kid who is like, Oh my gosh, my, my housemate is so annoying because the chiefs are winning super bowls. And we're talking about how their wide receivers suck and they're six and two and they have the one seed, right? It's just because we can inevitably like see the disaster that's waiting on the horizon in January for the chiefs when they play Cincinnati Right Or they play Baltimore and they can't get open, right. That's why this is so frustrating. And when you have someone like Mahomes and you only have him for so long to continuously like screw up in the draft and free agency at wide receiver is is just frustrating. I think Rashi might be the shift in a different direction when it comes to eval because he is bigger, right? If you look at what the Chiefs have done, Clyde, small. Sky Moore, small, Nicole, small, and Clyde is not this guy, but maybe they were just kind of chasing some sort of player type that's like Tyreek, small, quick twitch, you know, Kadarius, they loved Kadarius, and he's he's smaller. Um, Tyreek's a one-of-one one blame. Like, they right. they need to change what they're looking for, and Clyde, right, I mentioned Michael Pittman and T. Higgins, big players that win at the catch point, right? So you took Clyde over those guys, Nicole over DK, Terry McLaurin, uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, uh, Sky Moore over George Pickens and Alec Pierce, who are just bigger guys. And you think, you know, well, there's people who say the Chiefs, you know, Mahomes doesn't really throw it to contested catch guys, this or that and the other. Maybe if they had a a reliable one, like (laughs) they don't have a reliable 50-50 catch guy. Who does Mahomes, you know, that's why they have all these short, quick guys, because that's who they throw it to. They try to get into the soft spots of the defense, all this stuff. Who does Mahomes throw to the most? The biggest guy he has to throw the ball to, Travis Kelsey. So I don't understand why the Chiefs have gotten wide receiver so, so wrong. Just listen to this list. Some of the players, the Chiefs, actually, these are all the Chiefs wide receivers that have been drafted by Brett Veach. Just drafted, okay? Tremon Smith, McCole Hardman, Cornell Powell, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, okay? All of the previous guys are small, and then you get to Rasheed Rice. Maybe that's somewhat of a shift. But then if you just go through some of these names, I'll go through them quickly. These are, Tyreek is amazing. Tyreek was inherited by Veach and his staff. Maybe Veach was like a lower role when Dorsey took Tyreek. I, I don't know the answer to that, but but he got that from Dorsey. So Veach has been around in complete control since 2018, right? Just, just some of these names that are receivers for the Chiefs, not named Tyreek Hill. Sammy Watkins, okay? Sammy was great for the seven games that he played a year for, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Sammy Watkins, and then you have guys like this. Demarcus Robinson, Marcus Kemp, Chris Conley, Kelvin Benjamin, Garrick Dieter, Byron Pringle, um, Josh Gordon, Doris Fountain. All right, like none of these names are scaring anybody, right? And then, of course, we all know the names that they have now Watson, MVS, Tony. I cannot believe how much I miss Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah. And there are a ton of teams that just wouldn't give a rip about Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, he caught his first touchdown pass yesterday. (laughs) It's in week eight. Yeah. And he would clearly be the best wide receiver on this team. I just think that this is a discussion right now worth having because if there is an Achilles heel, a chink in the armor for the Chiefs, it is clearly the wide receiver position. There's been little leaks here and there too. James Palmer, who covers the Chiefs a lot, right? Um, um, the guy on um, NFL Network. Uh, I can't remember his name. I'll think of it later, but he's he's plugged into the Chiefs a lot. The guy on Good Morning Football. Um, he, he They have been dropping little tidbits about While Mahomes has been frustrated with the wide receiver development over this amount of week, while Mahomes still frustrated Peter Schrager, thanks, Blaine. While while, while Mahomes frustrated, he still takes full ownership and believes in this wide receiver room. Dude, it is so obvious to me that people who are plugged in know the issue of this team. For me, it goes no further than the wide receivers on this team. Stink. And that's no knock to Rasheed Rice. He's the best. He's going to be the best on this team. But how can a rookie already be the best on your team? You know, Skymore stinks. MVS stinks. And it's putting the Chiefs in a position. And, and, you know, it's almost insulting that they thought going and bringing back McColl would be able to help this. It's already ridiculous. It's already killed them, Blaine. And it's been two games. And McColl, right, who is basically like celebrated when he left town, people were wanting him to be gone. The entire time he was here goes to the jets, plays less than 30 snaps total for them. Healthy scratch multiple times. The jets are so the jets are in a a bad position right now. Right. Rogers is hurt. And the jets are like, Oh yeah, sure. we'll we'll trade you, we'll trade him back to one of the teams that we're competing with in the AFC. So that tells me everything that you know about McColl, if you didn't know it before, right? He's, he's not going to be the answer for this team. And I just don't believe they're going to go get a Mike Evans. They're not yeah. going to go get a DeAndre Hopkins, a Terry McLaurin, Chris Godwin, Adam Thielen. Like, if they did, Blaine, I would be over the moon. But there's no part of me that believes that's going to happen, so why even get excited? It's,
2: it's ridiculous. And then, you know, Amir Smith, um, with that whole ordeal and then the punt return ordeal, bringing McColl back and then bringing McColl back also lost you Keandre Coburn, who, which I know that they regret that decision or had to make a really hard one. And then a guy, like I said earlier, Richie James who could come in here and be some kind of a difference on the trade deadline. You're not going to be able to get anything for him. He's probably frustrated enough of what he's seeing in front of him and what his talents shoot showed um, in the preseason and in his past years of of his career that he's not even going to get a chance. And so we're going to shop you. We're not going to try anything different. We're going to keep doing exactly what we're doing. Um, I mean, yeah, I, no, I just, I'm, with, I, I'm with you. I, I don't know. I, I mean, the whole McColl thing just started it off. And then this week got me even worse. And those two things combined have really pissed off this entire fan base. And it's, uh, it's frustrating. because we usually talk about this front office glowingly. And for the right reasons. But I think just the last few weeks have been so, so frustrating. And we needed, I mean, we Chiefs fan need to make it hurt because it's obvious. And I think the coaching staff better come out in Germany and, and put some points on the board. Somebody outside of Travis Kelsey has got to make a play.
0: Pretty good way to wrap it up. Um, if the chiefs make some sort of dynamic move, um, I think, you know, executive decision here from the person who didn't create the podcast. We'll probably hop on to do a quick breaking news podcast if they go get a Mike Evans or something like that. But trade deadline will be Tuesday afternoon. um happy Halloween early to everybody. Chiefs are six and two. the 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 it could be way worse, right? They have an opportunity to go play a team that's also six and two in the AFC in Germany. a really exciting opportunity uh, for the Chiefs here. The Blaine put in here, the sky is not falling, uh, even though it feels like it. But I think it's a, it, it was a conversation that I've been wanting to have for a while. I think we all did. We all kind of saw the writing on the wall, and we were waiting for the next Chiefs loss uh, for it to happen. Again, I'm less pissed off that they lost to the Broncos than I am at the state of the wide receiver room and how it feels like there's no solution and that we're just heading for, like, this nightmare scenario um at the end blaine any final things from you we good
2: nope got beat swallow it move on yep good talk
0: well said all right we will talk to you all on either on uh, wednesday or either on a breaking news podcast thank you all for listening see you later go chiefs